the Gone Boss Podcast. My name is Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is Gone Boss? Well, Gone Boss is a weekly podcast where we will be featuring awesome women here in Muncie. Find out what makes them tick um, and what has made them Gone Boss. Awesome. Who do we have today? Today, we have Caitlin Winkle. At the time of this taping, she's about ready to pop out a baby. So a few people know how Farmhouse Creative started, but it was uh, in conjunction with a, with a life event, right? Well, yeah. Um, I started Farmhouse in November of 2012. Took your last paycheck. Took from my last paycheck from my previous last, job. Yep, from my last job. Uh, started a bank business checking account and said, "Okay, here is Farmhouse Creative." Uh, in the corner of a, of Maddie's bedroom is yeah. where where we started. So I started out zero clients, zero anything, just me and Farmhouse. Yeah. Now at the time, I was working for a home for an all virtual company, so. I was there 10 hours a day, locked chained, in my, to your chained to my computer, uh, doing everything uh, virtually. Uh, so so uh, be on these long, drawn-out go-to uh, meetings. Conference calls. With people across the across the country, really. We had a guy, uh, the boss was in Virginia. There was Kentucky. Kentucky. There was somebody in California. Yeah. There were people and everywhere. Arizona, so, Chicago. Yeah. We were just everywhere. So Matt was working for an all-virtual company where he actually had never met his boss. I still don't think we've met nope. him pers- not, face-to-face. Not face-to-face in the flesh. No. Nope. Met so, his dad, though. <laughs> that's true, yes. <laughs> so Matt was working for a virtual company in the house I was starting farmhouse in the house, which was a lot of togetherness, but yes. it worked that, out. That's what started this all. Yes. So in the process of that, I we started farmhouse in November, um, and in what March? Yeah, March. You March-ish found out. March or so. We found out that we were pregnant. She with Zuzu. She, she brought in the uh, the stick, and I'm like, "See, I told you." I was like, "Does this well?" Look I'm going to go to Dollar General and get two more. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Look at this. Does this look like it's a line?" He's like, "Yep, that's a line." I'm like, "I don't think it is. I'm going to take some more." So we took some more. This was Easter Sunday of 2013. Yeah. Um. Which is funny because Holdy, you brought him home from the hospital on Easter Sunday. Yes. Back, uh, back in the day when he like was 10 born. Years ten, ago. ten years before that. But anyway, it's interesting. So I found out. Oh, great! Now we're pregnant. So I have this new business. Um, trying to start it from the That's ground up. Just getting That's off the ground. That's just a baby business at that point. I probably yeah. had like maybe six clients. Uh, then. How'd you do it though? Like, how did you get it started? Uh, well, I um, I got a list from the chamber. Yeah. Um, and from the Small Business Development Center of businesses and marketing departments and things like that in in Muncie and the surrounding Delaware and Randolph counties and that kind of stuff I sent out a letter probably 250 letters that first year introducing there was a picture of me and a little synopsis of farmhouse and what we did and a little sell sheet that said you know anything with ink on it we can print it so that's how I started and then I followed up those letters with emails and phone calls anyway that first year I set up Almost 100 face-to-face meetings yeah. um, with either business owners, marketing department heads, potential or clients. potential clients. Um, so I sat down with probably around 100 of those, also while I was pregnant, um, and just hit the ground running and... So, so that way. about the summertime, you're like, you're starting to show, your oh, belly's getting a little yeah. bit bigger, it's starting to get hard to move around. Yeah, I was a little grumpy, and but I was still doing like two or three meetings a day. Um, I worked like I worked up until the day before I went into labor. Really, the day before you were you were working the day of. Well, okay, yes, I well, was. I can't really say that. It was the day before because you went to sleep, and then when we woke up, it was hey, it's baby time. Yep. Let's go. My water broke at four thirty in the morning, and yeah. Matt was like, 
do you have contractions? I was like, no. He's like, well, go back to bed then. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I thought I was like, uh, well, I'm going to go take a shower and let's go. Well, at, that was later in the morning. At 4 oh, okay. o'clock in the morning, you said go back to bed. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, yeah, we, it wasn't really confirmed. But yeah. then you were like, oh, we better go. Yep, we better go. But before that, I had work to do. So I sat on the couch um, doing an envelope stuffing job because yeah. I wanted to get it finished before we went to the hospital and had a baby. So we go to the hospital. You have the baby. I have the baby. Uh, so here's here's a little Zuzu or Audia as we're as we're calling, and uh, not even a day later, you're with your computer sitting in the uh, recovery bed. Yeah, answering emails and following up on things and everything. Now you know I don't work. I don't have a job where I'm like driving a forklift or anything like that. I'm not. You don't have to be there eight to. Five I don't have to be there eight day. to five. I'm not lifting heavy machinery. Like I can sit here in my bed and answer emails. Um, like I think I can handle that. So I did, and I worked um, the whole time we were on maternity leave and all of that. I answered emails. I placed orders. I did all that kind of stuff um, because you know. At that time, it was just me. Matt, wasn't, yeah. you weren't working for me or anything like that. It was just me. So, like, well, I can't afford, I can't take off two or three months just because I popped out a baby. So, I got to keep, got to keep, keep going. Um, and, in fact, I worked from home most of that whole time. Um, and I worked from home with the baby up until she was 18 months old. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty tough. That was tough. There were days, like, I cried at the end of the day because, I mean, working with a baby at home, that's okay. Like... She eats, she sleeps, I can work while she sleeps, I know she's going to take a nap, there's a routine, it's fine. But so I was doing all that, my mother-in-law was great, she had one day off a week from work, so she watched Audia on Wednesdays, so if I needed to do face-to-face meetings or anything, I could go into the office on Wednesdays and get work done. But the other four days a week, I was working from home with a baby. Um, And then Zuzu was an early crawler, she was an early walker, she was Mm -hmm. running by her first birthday, like she... She was a mobile baby. She was a mobile baby. And that was really hard when I had my desk downstairs. She also loved cords. She loved to chew on electrical Your your mouse cord. My mouse cord, my the the electrical cord, any kind of cord. She liked she liked to play with it. She liked to hide things. One time she hid my wireless mouse. (laughs) I didn't find it for months. I was like, it couldn't have just disappeared, but it did. Um we found it in a speaker six yeah. months later because she also put my phone in there. That's when we found it. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I worked from home. It required working lots of you know nights when she was asleep. I would start second shift and start working at like midnight um, and start again the next day. Well, our guest today is Caitlin Winkle of Meridian Health Services. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Matt? Wonderful. Yeah, she's about to pop out a baby, too. So I we know. got her right before. Baby Winkle is on its way. When are you uh, due? December 26th, though. Maybe by the time this airs. This yeah. was recorded before Christmas, so uh, it may launch after Christmas. Yeah. But yes, we uh, we should have a little one here in the new year. Yeah, and you guys don't know the gender yet, right? We don't. You're waiting. Mm-hmm. That is waiting. best because that is a surprise. It is a surprise. It's like boom. What I, is it? I did that with my first, <laughs> and it's a, it's it is, it's just a really cool surprise to not know, and then it comes out. And my sister did that with my niece too, and I was there, and it was it's just really neat. So Matt did that with his first three, and then with me, we didn't do that. <laughs> no, no, we found out for audio there. Yeah. She was 
I was like, eh, we'll just find out. <laughs> I've had enough surprises in my life. Our plan was to know. wait, but Matt's like, if you want to find out, we can find out. I'm like, you're doing this in the middle of our ultrasound? Now you're freaking me out. Uh, so, But we did find out. And I'm glad I did because I, I had to... It took me a minute to wrap my head around having a girl because I was like, I don't know how to do little girl hair oh, <laughs> and all that true. kind of stuff. I guess so. I don't know how to do girl hair either. Well, there you Sorry, go. Now I, now I just freaked you out. So <laughs> I still don't. That's why Zuzu looks homeless half the time. So Well, okay. tell us about your family makeup right now. Yes. Yeah, so I am married to Chase Winkle. He's a police officer here in Muncie. Mm-hmm. And we have two kids already, Carter, who is 10, and Haley, who is 9. And they are super involved in sports, Muncieana and Delta basketball and football. And so that's what our weekends and evenings consist of right now is getting them all over the place. A lot of running around. Yeah, yeah. Now, where are you from, though? I'm from Henry County. Yes? What, what portion? <laughs> Moreland. Okay. She's from Moreland, Indiana. I'm uh, from Moreland. Uh, Moreland Fair, big free fair. Oh, yes, there. every Matt year. Matt loves the Moreland Fair. Tractor yes. poles and horse poles and the whole deal. Ham and beans and corn dogs and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go every year. It's well, the center of the universe for uh, for a week in August. That's for sure. You know, when I was a kid, I'm telling you, I slept better on Christmas Eve than I did the night before the Moreland Fair. <laughs> I mean, you get really excited. Oh, I bet. <laughs> we don't buy groceries that week. That's where we're eating all week long. I mean, <laughs> it's a big deal. Cool. So you grew up there. Any sisters? So, yes, yeah, so I grew up in Moreland. My family had a big, they had a, a lot of land out there. And so... I have two younger sisters. Now, when I was younger, my parents had like a lake house and we had a boat. That's what we did on the weekends. I don't know if my parents had a midlife crisis or what, but they sold all of that, bought this rodeo arena and horses. Like we had never had horses when we were younger. And so my sisters do the rodeo thing and rodeo queen and they've been out to Wyoming doing all this rodeo stuff. So something that I can't relate to, I don't, I don't do the horse thing, but they are very much... Hmm horse people they're now. horse people now yeah that's interesting how people just kind of shift i know just totally <laughs> change their interests and their hobbies and i don't know well from moreland to here how'd you get here so i uh graduated from ball state mm-hmm. um what'd you, what'd you study like there a long story that's okay you know, like i feel like i'm getting out of breath too like the baby's laying on <laughs> <laughs> caitlin like, has to catch but, her breath real quick hold on <laughs> we can go handheld you can you can like bring that over there <laughs> like laying it in like the baby's laying right on my lungs okay uh so my you want like the full like this could take as much as as much as as we can okay okay so i graduated from blue river and we i actually had my son uh not shortly after and so i worked for a year as a pharmacy technician uh because i knew the pharmacy manager so it was kind of like a get in that kind of a way, but I ended up working there for eight years. Wow. So it was a really great job. And uh, that, you know, the people that I worked with there, I consider family. I mean, it was a really, really good opportunity to work at the pharmacy and be in school and like flexible schedules and all that sort of thing. So worked for a year and then decided that I was going to go to Ball State. And my major was elementary education. Okay. Which was great because I got to take the um, the math class for that is like how to teach addition to second graders. Nice. And so it was a lot better than the core math. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I decided, you know what? I don't want to be an elementary education teacher. 
I want to be a pharmacist because I work in the pharmacy, right? Makes sense. So I transferred to Butler. And while I was at Butler, I I had Carter, who was two, and I was still working in the pharmacy, which made sense at Ball State. But at Butler, I was driving. I was commuting from Moreland to Butler every day. Oh my. And it was a lot. And I wasn't doing well at Butler. And I, it wasn't because I wasn't as smart as my friends or the other people in my class. It was really just because I had a lot of stuff at home going on. Like I wanted to get home to Carter and I wanted to, you know, tuck him in and I couldn't stay up and do homework until 3 a.m. and then go into work and then go into classes and stuff. And so really kind of, um, I guess it made me angry that I was, I had this really great opportunity. I loved Butler. I loved being there. I loved being on that campus, but I wasn't doing well. And so I called Ball State back up and I said, I am uh, transferring back to Ball State and I'm declaring my major as women and gender studies. (laughs) And they said, well, what? Well, that's great. What classes have you taken in that department? And I said, none, but I know that that's what I want my major to be. That's awesome. <laughs> so I did. So the next semester, I went back to Ball State and got really involved in the Women and Gender Studies program just because of my experiences with being a young mom and trying to go to school and and all of these different obstacles that I um, that I guess that I faced. And so graduated from Ball State with the Bachelor's in Women and Gender Studies, started working at a group home in Indianapolis for pregnant and parenting teenagers. And I loved that job. But the girls, the I mean, they were 15, 16, 17 years old, pregnant or had newborns, and they were leaving in their Jimmy John's uniforms going to work. And I just thought, they're so we can do so much more than give them a minimum wage job or, or whatever. And so I went back to Ball State and got my master's in community ed, hoping that like maybe education was the bridge to that to that gap. I wasn't, I obviously haven't figured it out yet today, but uh, that was my idea was to, to help women in our community with the bachelors and the masters together. And um, then, I, then I came to Muncie at the YWCA, got a leadership position there in marketing and development director. And that's about the time we all met. And then, then yeah, that's probably where we where our story starts then yeah so we started following your career from that point yeah, but so. thanks for the backlog yeah, there, so. yeah it's interesting <laughs> i i had no idea yeah, we no. learned so much stuff about people during these interviews like i really it's really pretty cool yeah. now that you're in muncie all the time what are some of the organizations you're you're involved in or have been involved in so i started out at the ywca and that organization all the organizations that i've been with have like a special place in my heart like i still love project home indy i still love the ywca um i was at a domestic violence agency for a little bit um right after college too but um muncie specifically were huge supporters of the ywca uh i you're in wibu i'm right? on the board for wibu and active member there we also altrusa mm-hmm. like trying to think of some other things some other you? things we go to a lot of, of of events i i'm trying to think of like who gets my love and attention the most yeah um but and i know that i work for them but it's probably meridian i mean I'm, i really enjoy their i really think that their um their causes are just something that i can get behind and and i enjoy working there and enjoy promoting you know the services that they, that they provide so you were also in uh 
Muncie Civic Theater oh, yes, Little Mermaid, right? Yeah, how she was that was experience? That was my sister's, her <laughs> stage debut. I don't know what got into me, but I decided to try out for The Little Mermaid in at Muncie Civic, and I, I love Disney, and so that was a perfect show for me because it was really fun and colorful, and the costumes were great, and the acting was great, and uh, not necessarily me, but all the other <laughs> actors and actresses in that were really good. Uh, costumes, I mean, it was just a really neat performance and um I actually found out I was pregnant in about halfway through rehearsals and I had really bad nausea Mm. um in the beginning of the pregnancy so I'm like dying going to rehearsals every single night and going to all of these shows but it was still such a great show and such a cool experience I would definitely do it again I think and, and Muncie Civic is just so they're so creative and so like Everything that they put out is just really good stuff. Really, really good stuff right now. So, I agree. As a fellow actor or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very good at that, but it's fun. Over time, what hurdles have you faced that you've had to overcome? I mean, being a first-time parent is a challenge. Being a single parent is a challenge. Being a first-time single young parent is a challenge. I mean, and and there are so many different uh, layers that you can add to that to just make mm-hmm. it even more challenging, you know, being poor. Luckily, my parents were in a position to, to help me out. I didn't live with them, but um, we lived really close, like five minutes away from each other. And so they had Carter a lot when I was at school or at work or at work, but they never, like I always had to, my house was always Carter's house. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I always picked him up and he always stayed with me, even if he had to go right back at seven o'clock in the morning and um there were some times that I would I did not like that like just keep him he's already asleep um (laughs) but now looking back I mean to establish that my house was always his house and the relationship that you know that your mom and their grandma yes their grandparents I'm mom um I I don't think that that happens all the time with Mm -hmm. young pregnancy and Mm so like I said in the moment, I was cussing them out, but now I'm appreciative that they that they kind of did it that way. So, what gets you excited about life nowadays? What gets me excited? Well, we're getting ready to have a baby. That's yeah, exciting. that's pretty exciting. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's exciting. We, I really, I really just like where we're at. Like, I love Muncie. I love how easy it is to get connected and to be. I'm surrounded by like-minded people. I'm surrounded by people who want to make this community better. I love that. I love that my husband is also very pro Muncie and pro making the community better or whatever. We kind of do that together. We have like the same interests, I guess. And so he'll come up to me with this crazy idea to raise money and we'll I'll, we'll just go and kind of go back and forth. And the next thing that we know, we're in like way over our heads or whatever with a, a eating lizards that, on facebook yeah, showing lizards <laughs> on facebook and tell us uh tell us a little about the challenges uh that you guys performed um <laughs> in the past six months or so so chase was approached by the ywca to be a champion for one of their fundraisers which just meant that he had to raise five thousand dollars mm-hmm. and that's kind of daunting. $5,000 is a lot of money. And I thought, he's not going to be able to do this. <laughs> really is what I thought. <laughs> um, which I think just made him a little bit more motivated to, to raise that money. But we were at 
3,000, maybe a little over 3,000. And he did this by like a Facebook fundraiser, which I also mm. thought that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm in development. I know about fundraisers. And that's not going to work. <laughs> that's exactly right. I was like, you're, there's no way you're going to raise money on Facebook. Uh, but he did. He raised like $3,500. And so we thought, and then it kind of slowed down. So we he needed something to pick up the momentum again. Mm-hmm. And so he said, if he raised $4,000, he had, he had just taken the kids to the pet store to buy dog food. And they saw a couple of lizards and they bought them without asking me. And mm-hmm. they brought them home. Oh, no. And I was not, I don't like creepy, crawly, nasty lizards. They put them in the basement. I was never supposed to see them or anything or hear from them or whatever. Well, the deal was if he raised over, or if he raised $4,000, I would hold one of these lizards. And I agreed to it because I thought, it's never going to happen. He's never, <laughs> like, it has slowed way down. He's already tapped out all of his Facebook base, 3500 That's a lot of money. That's really noble. Sorry you didn't make it. I'm not going to hold a lizard. Yeah, you're pretty safe. <laughs> so I went to bed. Or I took a nap at like five o'clock in the afternoon, I guess, and they were at thirty-seven hundred, I think. And it, it, the, he had to raise the money by eight p.m. Okay. And so he woke me up at like seven fifty-five. Oh my gosh! I just raised four thousand. You're never gonna <laughs> believe it. I'm like grumpy. He just woke me up from my nap, cranky. And, uh, yeah. And then, he, then you get on a Facebook he Live. Really, he had really raised the 4000 <laughs> And we found out behind the scenes that my boss, Scott Smallstig, <laughs> and Tara Smallstig were both watching it in separate rooms of their houses, I guess. Yeah. And had donated <laughs> separately and didn't know the other was donating. And uh, that's what put him over oh, the edge. So thank funny. you. That is funny. Thanks Scott to the small sticks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we woke up. And, so I woke up and you know got really not very excited about this. But we did yeah. a Facebook live and held a lizard, and it was tra- traumatic to say the least. No, it wasn't too awful, but it was pretty awful. Uh, they're just they're creepy, creepy, crawly, and gross. And we watched it. Zuzu watched it with me. She's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's gonna touch a lizard. <laughs> she was <laughs> amazed. Unpredictable, but the lizard was, it was, the lizard was kind of like doing things. It was like it knew it was on TV or something. I don't know. It was like doing these <laughs> It's a very things. personable lizard. Yeah. <laughs> like I got really close to it one time and it just opens its mouth like it's gonna bite me or something. <laughs> it starts to hiss at you. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so he ended up raising over $10,000. Wow. Total there. Total. Now he had to eat some bugs there, and that's the one I gave my money at. So he raised raised the $5,000, but he was in competition with these other champions Mm -hmm. to not only raise $5,000, but to raise the most amount of money. Yes. And so it did get a little competitive, and one of his friends was at... A little? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe a little more than a little, but... One of his friends was at like 7,500, I think. And so he ate bugs to raise, to get to that point. And then uh, he actually met with some private donors, which I thought was kind of. Oh, he's like schmoozing people. I know. Huh? Like, you think you could do my job or do you, <laughs> are you trying to, to do my job? So it was kind of cool. And he got some big, um, some larger gifts. And then that's how he got over the tent. So okay. nice. Now, a lot of people may know you for, uh, or at least I know you for two different things. One is uh, uh, the ducks, 
former Indian services. Tell us about that. Every the year, bane these, of your existence, right? these inflatable ducks go up, and isn't it your job to keep them? It is keep them afloat. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I work in development at Meridian, and we do three main fundraisers. Rialzo, which is the big charity gala. Over a 1,000 people attend that event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps women who are pregnant and addicted to drugs which that's kind of a cool story. I'm going to have to share that a little bit more about okay, that later. Okay, okay. Um, but anyway, the Ducky Derby is our fundraiser that we do to help the Child Advocacy Center, which is housed at Meridian's Suzanne Gresham Center. So children who are victims of abuse, sometimes specifically sexual abuse, can go in and be interviewed one time by an expert in a closed room, and then that interview is live-fed into a a room next door where the prosecutor and the investigators and whoever child services whoever needs to be in on that and on that interview can Mm. like feed in questions to the expert and they're watching that interview and the child only has to be interviewed one time and it's recorded or whatever and so that way the child doesn't have to do multiple interviews which is Typically how it's done right. in, in places that don't have child advocacy centers. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, that way they don't have to relive the trauma over right. and over and over. And what else they say is that kids tell the um, the truth like 80% of the time the first time. But if you ask them again, they think, oh, if they're asking me again, I said it wrong the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they change their story. So then they have like all these different um, details to the story and they can't always prosecute cases. So in Delaware County, we have the rates of cases accepted for prosecution have gone up like 320 percent just because of that child advocacy center so that I, that's what i really like the, the the thing about the fundraisers is that i i like the events they're cool but to see the whole community you know show up to your event and show up to your stuff and say we love the child advocacy center too because that's what i feel like when they're there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that's the the coolest part like everyone's like yeah this is a great cause we need to go out there and support it um and so just to see that I think that's the best part. But. Yes. The ducks. (laughs) (laughs) So we race these giant inflatable ducks. They're duck rafts down the White River. And the whole idea is ducks is a symbolism for childhood innocence and like rubber ducks and, Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So that's why we chose ducks. But. In the time leading up to the Ducky Derby, our sponsors will get these big eight-foot inflatable ducks in front of their buildings. Yes. And it's your job to keep them looking pristine. Yes. So every single day, I'm driving the (laughs) duckmobile. Blowing these things up, I've got like a um, an air pump that plugs into the to the van. Yeah. Uh, but they come unhooked and then they roll around across Tillotson. Now, now and, somebody stabbed one one time, right? And some people think it's <laughs> that's not idea. cool. But <laughs> right, or if so, it rains or it's oh, windy, they blow over. Yes, right. and oh. I've been out there in the rain, and I've that's a lot of work. They're terrors, honestly. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Everyone's like, let's put out the ducks earlier this year. And I'm always like, no, no I'm shutting that down. Pump the brakes. We're, no, two weeks is a, is a great amount of time. Um, so we just put them out there long enough to kind of get people excited about the event. The other thing I know you for is pioneer woman or some kind of cooking thing that you're all into. Yes. Tell us about that. <laughs> is that like cooking with woman. lard and butter or is it? <laughs> it is. So um, I do like to cook. 
and living in Moreland, you're not very close to any restaurants. I don't know True. if you guys are out <laughs> in Farmland. We're in Farmland, so yeah. We have two in town here, yeah. Pizza King and the Chocolate Moose. See, that's so. better than Moreland. There's nothing. So once you're home, you're usually home. You're not going back out. Mm-hmm. So you make a lot of your own meals. And also, I mean, being young and in school and working and those sorts of things, you also make your own meals, you know, economically to... So I started following the pioneer woman who is Reed okay. Drummond. She lives in Oklahoma, but she has this blog. She's I've, super yeah, cool. Yeah, I like her too. I think she's pretty cool. She's so funny. That's the thing. Like, she posts her recipes, and they're all step by step, and they're with pictures, which is helpful. But they're so funny. Like her little side comments in there. I don't know. I think that's what attracted <laughs> me to her. Yeah, I think she definitely has a personality. Yeah, she lives on a cattle farm, and so like a ranch and she's always cooking steaks and whatever and yeah. stuff. So, nice. so and it's the same thing with them is they are she homeschools their kids. So their kids are working the ranch during the day with her husband. Thousands of acres of, of ranch. Like this is something that I it's like had a no big clue. time operation. Yeah. Yeah. And so same thing. So she has to go take them food, you know, during lunch and breakfast and dinner. So she's like cooking this I don't know, it's like stick to your ribs kind of kind yeah. of food. I I love it. Chase for Christmas got me a trip to Oklahoma and yeah. we drove out there and went to her little <laughs> store and her restaurant, which was really cool. I remember seeing all the uh, photos of the food and yes, everything. Yes, so. the food was awesome. That that was a good food trip. And then <laughs> that was right around Mardi Gras. So that's what it was like, oh, it's our Fat Tuesday. <laughs> and we just ate like crazy. What's one thing on your bucket list that you haven't done yet, but you want to do? On my bucket list, I want to go to, uh, this might just be fresh on my mind. This might be a bad answer, but I'm turning 30 next year. And so I told Jace, I want to go to all the Disney worlds in the world, oh. which if you don't know, there's are, there is a Disney world in Hong Kong and not Tokyo, but Hong Kong, Paris. There's another one. I can't remember if it's like Beijing or, but it's close to Hong Kong. I maybe should do more research before I make this my <laughs> bucket list say. item. <laughs> In Siberia, you know, the Disneyland There's there. one in Paris. Um, so I'm trying to get him to take me to the one in Paris. Okay. In, um, for my 30th birthday. So you've been to the Florida one, I would I've imagine. I've been to the Florida one, and that's it. Okay. okay. You haven't so been to I, Disneyland. So California, California would California. be a good next step. Okay. Paris would be a good next step. Um, so those are the two that I've really kind of looked at, but, I, the, but there are others. But I want to go to all of them. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I've been to the California one. That's it. Well, in Florida. <laughs> yeah. I drove by it. <laughs> you drove by? What? I drove by the California one. Okay. Disneyland? Back in the late 90s. Oh. Yeah. What would you say or describes your purpose in life? My purpose in life. I think I'm just here to do... I, this is going to be kind of Jesus-y, but I just, I'm here to just do God's will. So, like, whatever he says to do is, is whatever I'm going to do. And so... Um, we kind of going back to the whole pharmacy thing and the Rialzo thing. Um, when I was at the YWC, I really liked that, that job and where I was at and I was helping women and I'm working at a homeless shelter for women and we're a bare bones agency. You know, sometimes we don't even even know if we're going to make operational expenses, but I just thought I need to make sure my career is still growing and that I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. on top of it with fundraisers and, and getting my hand in on some really, as high as I can go, I guess, kind of things. And Rialzo in Muncie is 
pretty much the top of the list. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. as high as you can go. They raise over, <laughs> yeah, over $100,000 at every event, which is a lot in, in Muncie. And a lot of people attend that. It's a lot of the who's who that attends that. So I thought, I think I want to be in on Rialzo. And a position opened up there. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to apply and we'll just kind of see what happens. And then they offered it to me, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm selling my soul to the devil. (laughs) What have I gotten myself into? Because they don't have any programs that help women and specifically help women. And I'm at a women's shelter already. Mm -hmm. And they are, you know, they can make their payroll every week. So am I really doing that, like, in the trenches, you know, grassroots, women and gender studies stuff that I thought I was going to be doing? But I just felt like... I really needed to be there, and like I was being told to be there. So I worked there for about, I don't know, four or five months. And then um, my boss told us, this year for Rialzo, we're going to raise money for a program that doesn't exist yet, but we're going to make a new program. It's to help women who are pregnant and addicted to drugs. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like they're literally establishing a women's, pro- like a program to serve women. That is so cool. Like, And then also... I had had these regrets about my pharmacy technician career. Like, I worked eight years in a pharmacy. None of that experience is applicable to to what I'm doing now. Um, But now, but I knew like the jargon and the different drugs and how these women were treated. And I had um, been in contact with these women. You know, these were my patients for eight years. I I knew exactly who they were and, and, and how they, you know, some of their, I had heard their stories of how they had gotten addicted and, and the stories of their families and that sort of thing. And so for the pharmacy thing to come together and the women and gender studies thing and um, the women's program being established at Meridian, I just thought I had so much doubt taking that position, but I went ahead and, and did it. And then it just came full circle and was everything and more that I could have even imagined it to be. And so, uh, if I ever get any doubt again, I just kind of have to retell that story. <laughs> just, just remind yourself. To myself, of like, that. really, yeah. you really want me to do, really, God, you really want me to do this. But um, so I just, so that's really why I'm here. I'm just here to serve, you know, the community and to do whatever needs done, I, I guess. That's awesome. That's Very that's good. Perfect. <laughs> So growing up, you used to sing a lot. Yeah, I did. Tell me about your singing career. Uh, you sang a lot of church. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a career. I mean, I sang a lot of church. <laughs> but you had a you had a voice teacher. That's true. I had a voice teacher. Well, I started singing back when I was like three or four mm-hmm. um, in churches and things like that. In fact, it was funny. I was... Um, now, you realize that Audia is five years old. Yeah. And you're saying you started singing at four years old. Well, maybe I was five. But around the same age as Audia is now. Okay. Yes, which made me made me think about that. Like I that that song I sang was called "Close to Him" and it was in like the school or the church Christmas program or whatever. And yeah. I still I was walking the dog yesterday and I I remembered all the words to that song. Like I could <laughs> sing that song today. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but right. I remember all the words to the song that I sang in like when I was five. So anyway. I started singing when I was five in church and kept doing it all the way 
through church and through school. Mm -hmm. I was in choirs and I was in show choir in high school, even though I am not a good dancer. Now, come back uh, a little bit. Uh, Your schooling, where'd you go to school? Well, I started out in Alexandria Public Schools. So I went to elementary all through there and through sixth grade. And for the first semester of seventh grade, I went to junior high at the Alexandria Monroe Junior High. Then I decided that I didn't like that. It was my decision. I think I broke brought it up that I didn't like that anymore and I wanted to go to Christian school. Okay. So I had already had some friends from Ellick who went over to Liberty Christian in Anderson. Okay. So I switched in the middle of my seventh grade year and went over to Liberty, Liberty Christian. How'd you like it? I liked it. Um, I had Bible class every day. Um, okay. <laughs> what, what'd you cover in Bible class anyway? Because I don't know. Like the this, this is a foreign concept to me. The Bible just hey, let's just flip this thing open. Well, we what? had a we had a Bible verse we had to memorize every week. So okay. in seventh grade, it started out one way, and then through high school, they got bigger and longer and whatever. Okay. Um, I remember in eighth grade we had a new Bible teacher, and he was all jazzed about the Book of Joshua. So we made a paper mache. I don't even know how big it was. It was huge, like a sheet of plywood. We made a paper mache map of Jericho or like Israel the area the area and we like did little maps of like where they went and how long they stayed in the 40 years that they traveled the desert or whatever wow but it was a semester long project and it was paper mache made out of flour and water yeah so I don't know that we thought that through all the way because by the end of it the thing stunk so bad of like rotting flour we had like those little stick on air fresheners underneath of it and stuff because it was just gross it was uh, yuck Then we had to take it downstairs and give a presentation in chapel, because we had chapel two days a week, um, and give a presentation about it, uh, about our project for the year, and we bored everybody in chapel to death, because it was like, and then they traveled to Jericho and marched around it seven times, and then they traveled here, and it was very boring. So you're singing in church, you're you're singing in classes at uh, school. In choir at school and all that. So when did uh, did you leave Liberty Christian, though? Liberty, you didn't graduate from there. No, I didn't graduate from there. I left Liberty my uh, after my junior year, so my senior year. I don't know, because I'm smart and whatever. I'm not sure. But I decided to go to back to Alexandria, where I had started from. I had some friends who, who were had, still there. Who were still there, who had left Liberty and went over there and stuff like that. So it seemed like a good place to finish out my senior year. So I did. Okay. Uh, how was that transition, though? It was a little different, because, um, you know, going from liberty to it from a christian school to a public school but honestly like alexandria like we graduated 107 kids so it's not like okay it's not like i was going into like a a huge school but you know it was different uh we had you know one year we had like the drug dogs come through and like sniff yeah. everybody's lockers so that did not happen in liberty quickly tell me about prom though that uh, year prom that was the first year. That was the first year I went to prom. I was allowed to go. Um, I went with a guy who was just a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting because... Um, you got national coverage. We did. Well, national. Definitely well, at regional. Least, at least regional. Um, one of the guys at school was openly gay. Yeah. Um, which, you know, this was... That's a 97. 97. Right? In a small town Alexandria. Like, this was not... This is not normal. This <laughs> did not happen. Uh, but he was openly gay. And I was like, hey, whatever. I don't care. Um, but other people were not like that. They did oh, care. Yeah. So we had Channel 13 News out in front of Probably had prom. some protesters, too. Uh, did you have any? I don't remember protesters, but okay. there probably were. Well, I remember the parents were kind of up in arms. Okay. Um, they didn't like that. 
um, because he was bringing his boyfriend with him. Right. That was the big deal. That was the big deal. And people were like, what is this? And I was like, he's a fine, he's a nice guy. I don't really care. He can sit at my table. I don't care. Um, but we had channel, channel 13 news out there and it was, it was did a big deal. Did he sit at your table? Uh, I think he did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That, that was how you wrapped up the year and everything, mm-hmm. but you're still singing. Um, still singing was in show choir. I had a voice teacher and yeah. piano teacher. Tell me about person. the voice teacher though. Uh, she is awesome. She's still, I'm still in contact with her now on Facebook through the magic of the interwebs and stuff. She was a studio musician. So she sang a lot on uh, background vocal tracks and for commercials and a lot of Christian artists. She sang at the Gaither studios and things like that. So she kind of took me around with her a few she, times. So I got to see her record and that kind of stuff. Well, she was also the voice teacher of uh, somebody who, who went up, uh, went up a notch. Well, she was, she was the mother. Oh, she was the mother. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Of that person. Of Yeah. Also in the, the secular world, she was on tour. A little unfortunate for her, but she went on tour with Backstreet Boys. But what? It was like, yeah. She was their opener. Um, but she also, but that was the year... One of them, Howie maybe, went into to the hospital because of exhaustion or whatever. And so oh. that was when they started to like on the downcline. On the downcline. On okay. the decline. They had to like cancel their tour and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but she also went and she sings songs for like Disney, uh, some like Disney movies and stuff like that and all cool. that. But her mom was your But vocal. her mom was my voice teacher. And actually she, this girl who went on to have fame, was my sister's uh, piano teacher. You ended up marrying a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're singing. You're doing. Uh, you you have a degree over at World Harvest Bible if, College. If that's what, what you would call it. Uh, well, on my certificate, it says praise and worship. Like my degree is in praise and worship. Okay. Which people don't know what that means. So usually I say church music, which sounds silly too. But like it is what <laughs> it is, and it's not accredited because um, I didn't care back then. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. God calls me to do and I want to marry a pastor and blah 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 so it's not accredited so if I want to go back to school for like a bachelor's or whatever starting over I have to start all over and I am not interested in doing that right now and again I'm I'm trying to get up to the point Mm -hmm. and you start to the your own church so you're in the praise and worship band of your own church called paradox yep so tell me about that uh well there we tried to do all kinds of different things we didn't want to just sing like Christian Christian songs or hymns or whatever we kind of did a little bit of everything so we did hymns but we kind of like did them a little more rock and roll style it was definitely more of a rock and roll church than anything else okay um but then we also tried to like if there was a secular air quotes song that kind of give me an example mm, one time we were talking about didn't you do like an Evanescence song or something oh yeah like we did Evanescence um tourniquet song yes i was like i was drawn a blank (laughs) we did the tourniquet song so uh i i sang that um and we did that and we did christina aguilera's beautiful once um i wanted to do a black eyed peas song but we didn't have anybody who could rap so i thought that might not be a good idea (laughs) there was no apple d in your your group we were a bunch of white people (laughs) but uh so it was fun we i i mean it was hard work because i had a full-time job and doing this for free but basically full-time and that one of the jobs during that period of time in your life you did a jingle for uh you were working for a radio station yep. they brought you into the studio and said sing yep. what'd you sing uh it was for quigley's restaurant which i just found out earlier that is not it's not around anymore it's closed but oh, you were the voice of i quigley's, was the voice though. of quigley's for like 
10 years probably and the reason we know this is uh angie would listen to the station stream she, it every once in a she'd while. stream it over the internet and she'd hear her commercial. my jingle was still playing 10 years later yeah. but so i sang the song for quigley's it was a friend of ours a friend of the radio station's friend of mine who um his parents actually lived across the street from me and he needed somebody to sing this jingle so they're like angie come in and sing so i sang I didn't write it, but I sang it, and I sang all three parts, so all harmony parts and the melody and everything. I sang all three. We stacked them on top of each other. They played it for 10 years. And then here recently, your outlet has really been uh, the Muncie Civic Theater, Mm -hmm. uh, singing in ensemble parts and things like that. I'm not really a lead kind of person because I got a lot of stuff going on already. So, And I sing better than I act, and I sing better than I dance. What shows have you been in? I've been in, let's see, I started back when Zuzu was a baby. I was like, I need something that is for me. So I started in My Son son Pinocchio. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was in that, and then that's where I met Amy Leffingwell. We were in that play together. Yeah, she's now our project manager. And now she's our project manager, so you meet people everywhere. Uh, so I was in that, and then I was in Mary Poppins. Yes, I I think think. that was about a year later. About a year later, I was in Mary Poppins. Then I was in the Taffetas in the studio theater. Yep. I might be out of order. I don't remember, but I was in the Taffetas Studio Theater. There was only four people in that whole show, um, so there was no standing and hiding in the background, because you're... You're there for the whole world to see. And then you did two back, uh, uh, two shows back to back. Nine to five was one of them, but uh, it must have been Mary that, Poppins before that. Maybe that was because it was Mary Poppins and then nine to five, which was fun. I, I like we were dancing on tables yeah. and all kinds of stuff. That one was fun. Then the taffetas. Then taffetas. Then, then Rock of Ages. Yes, that was the most fun show I've ever been in. Like it was rock and roll and like crazy. Got to sing the songs you couldn't listen to when you were growing up. I didn't listen to them when I was a kid, but I sure belted them out on stage. So um, I was not a very good, that was a very dance heavy show and I'm not a very good dancer. So the joke of the whole show was I got put on the stairs of the stage at the the bar on stage. Uh, So all I had to do was like sway back and forth and like clap and like flip my hair around or whatever. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, I'll be in any show you need me to be in as long as I can sway on the stairs kind of thing. Um, so I was in that. It was super fun. That's where mm-hmm. we met Candace, our yes. our digital mar- marketing coordinator here at Farmhouse. She was in Rock of Ages with us. That's we fine. shared a table where she played a drunk person, and me and Amy hung out with her during during the show. And so then we met her there. Uh, and then after that, my most recent one that I've been in was the Christians in the Studio Theater. Yes. That was very interesting because it brought back a lot of these kinds of things that we've been talking about on the podcast and everything because... You were a... Oh, in the show. You were the, the piano player. I was the piano a, player in the praise band yeah. for this pretend <laughs> church in the show, The Christians. Uh, and I sang. So that was fun. There was four of us. Um, it was kind of full circle for you. It was very full circle because I... And they're talking... The, the play really took a hard look at what we believe and why and the relationships within the church and what do we do when someone we love starts to not feel the same way that we do and how do you reconcile that and Mm -hmm. uh i had been through that but like you know 20 years ago now but like to bring that back full circle and to really kind of think about it and all that was it was it was fun for me i really liked it it was it was an interesting play to be part of (music) 
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. On Instagram at goneboss2k. And you can always search us on Facebook at goodgirlgoneboss. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone Gone boss. boss.